I have found that a lot of mistakes that I've personally made are because I either didn't know or I didn't remember who I was. This would then turn into basically acting contrary to my values just to be accepted by others. When you hear these stories though, it's usually you know followed by a really sad story filled with a series of bad decisions and maybe a redemption story where the person finally finds their voice. And while those stories make for great made for TV movies, I've realized that the decisions that you make that aren't aligned with your identity don't have to be life altering to be detrimental. You see, every time you step out of your own lane, it is a vote for devaluing your own voice. It's a vote for silencing yourself or erasing your value. And the more you do this, the harder it is to come back from it. And when I think about all the times that I've done this in my own life, personally and professionally, it actually reminds me of three stories. The first story happened when I was nine years old. I had a crush on somebody who was, I don't know, four inches shorter than me. I don't know what it is about, you know, that elementary, middle school age. I don't know. And I remember we were talking, we were still getting to know each other, you know, like that childhood love or whatever. And he told me that he had an English name. And then he told me what it was. And then he asked me if I had an English name. Y'all, my name is DeSola. DeSola is not an English name at all. But before I knew it, I had given myself a new name and I told him what it was. And then he spent the next week calling me a name that was not mine. And I had to answer because I had basically morphed into this person because I wanted him to like me. The second story that comes to mind is when I moved to the United States. So if you don't know this, I was born in a developing country and I moved here when I was a teenager. So I'm old enough to still remember where I was born, but most of my life I've spent here in the United States. And so when I first moved here, all I wanted was to be accepted but I was the youngest in my class. I started high school, so I didn't get to go to elementary and middle school like a lot of the people that were in my room or in my homeroom, my classes. And I just wanted desperately to fit in. Well, it came out that I was pretty good at my classes, mainly because when I first moved to the States, I actually moved back a class just so I could acclimate to the society, the community and things of that nature. So when people discovered that learning came really easily to me, I did homework without much effort because I'd already learned the material before. They would talk to me long enough to get my homework. And then once they got my homework, they would not talk to me in the hallway. And this went on for something like 90 days. And I would have friends in class and then they would basically not talk to me at lunch or in the hallway. And then the last one that comes to mind is when I got married, I had a friend over my house. And I remember even when I first got married, 
I was so self-conscious about somebody coming to my house to see how I lived, to see how I was, you know, being a wife or being a hostess and things of that nature. And so it took forever to even get this person to my home. And I wanted to make sure that everything was just right and that they would have such a good time that they'd want to, you know, be my friend again. And I was putting so much pressure, so much effort into making sure that they felt comfortable. And when they were leaving their eye, they caught something caught their eye just kind of out of the corner. And they started looking at something that I had received as a wedding gift. Y'all somebody gave it to me. It was something that was on my wedding registry. That person bought it for me. And it lasted all of, I don't know, something like six months in my house. And the person said, oh, this is something I really like. I know that I would, you know, it would make a good addition to my home. I can't wait to get it, you know, for myself. And without even thinking, I go, well, you can have it. And this person looks at me and I'm like, yeah, sure. You can have it. Now, in all of these three stories, I hope that you can see yourself in me where you've done some things where you're like, I don't even know why I just did that. This isn't something that I innately wanted to do. This is something that was essentially born out of hoping that my effort will gain me acceptance. Now, with all three of these stories, first of all, I hope you also laughed your pants off because in reviewing these stories, I just can't even believe that I'm the same person talking to you today. Anyway, these things, and when you think about them, they don't inherently ruin lives, right? Like I'm not going to, my life isn't going to be ruined because someone copied off my homework. But these, each of these events counted as votes that I didn't value my own voice and that I preferred for others to confirm to me that I was valuable, that the acceptance of other people was my signal that I had value. So my value was not from inside. It wasn't an internal or intrinsic rooted identity. It was based on the whims and the feelings of other people. And if you know by now, people are fickle. And so one day they may say you're valuable and the next day they're pulling you to the ground, which is why, one of the reasons at least, why this is not a stable strategy. But I didn't come on here to tell you about all of the things that I did wrong in my childhood, in my very short life. How does this actually apply to your business? Well, not connecting with your business identity does cause you to make decisions for the acceptance of others. I mean, think about it. Have you ever jumped on bandwagons that you don't understand because you wanted to be quote unquote competitive when the truth of the matter is you did them because you wanted to belong. You wanted to be just like the other business owners that you're running races with that you um, respect or that you feel like, you know, if they're doing something, maybe I need to consider doing it as well because you want to apply it to your business strategy. But the truth of the matter is you just want to belong. You just want to be included in whatever the new fad or the new strategy is. Or have you chosen to remain silent when you wanted to speak up or ask questions because you were afraid that you were going to offend somebody? 
And so that way you didn't even know what you wanted to say. Or have you disregarded your boundaries with your customers or your business friends or your peers because you were afraid of the consequences of saying no? For example, maybe you accepted a request to speak or provide a resource for low to no cost, and then you over-delivered on the arrangement just to show how valuable you are. Just so someone can say, man, you really went above and beyond for whatever that person's agenda was. I know I've done some of these things too. And the sad truth of it is that people may be appreciative of the gesture in the moment, but they will be apathetic in the future. They may thank you now, but they will forget you in the future. And here's the thing about jumping on bandwagons or doing things because you want to belong, doing things for other people to say, yes, you are one of us. Everyone's going to remember the original. Everyone's going to remember the creator. And no one is going to remember the copycat. No one's ever going to say, hey, you remember Sally Sue? She did so good copying Mary Jo. Wasn't she great? with how she copied everything Mary Jo was doing, no one, zero people are going to remember you for being just like somebody else. So before you can create lasting impact on other people, you need to have a firm grip on your own identity. And it's also not a one and done activity either. It's something that you need to revisit often to remind yourself who you are, and what you bring to the table. And even when you've been in business for a while, you never get to a point where you don't need to be reminded about who you are as a business owner or who you are as a person. We hear things like, you are enough. Be who you are because everyone else is taken. You are the only you there is. And other things like that. And those things sound really great in theory, but knowing and doing are two different things. Your identity needs to be exercised. It is almost like a muscle. You need to exercise your identity. The more you exercise it, the easier it will be to show up as yourself and in your own voice. Your voice is how you communicate your unique perspective. It's how you see the world. And your voice is as unique as your fingerprint, which is why we need it. Now, I'm going to stop here to mention that I'm really good at creating frameworks to help leaders learn abstract concepts. So I created one to give you some structure for owning your voice, and I'm calling it the PLACE method. PLACE st stands for five different things that you need to do to exercise your identity and practice owning your voice. So let's start with P. P is practice. Practice using your voice. When you have an opinion, express it. Now, I will also caveat this statement with the fact that there is a right avenue to do this and a wrong avenue to do this. I love applying a simple filter when it comes to communication, including the five W's and an H. We know what these are. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Not using your voice to share your opinion is not an option. 
but you also need to make sure that what you're saying is experienced in the most effective way. So we're not going to go through this five W's and H part here, but I do want to mention that you need to make sure that you're practicing using your voice in a safe space with people who are equipped to help you develop it. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So P stands for practice using your voice. L stands for listen to other voices when you don't know. And while you're listening and acquiring information and intaking information, check in with yourself to figure out how you feel. Don't wait on other people to tell you how you feel. Give yourself a gut check with the information you're taking in. How do you feel about that? How does that bang up against your values? How does that uh, line up with what you've experienced? How does that change what you originally believed? And as you can see here, who you listen to is important because they become the influences for you as you develop your own opinion. So make sure that these are trustworthy voices and that their opinions are aligned with your values. So P stands for practice, L stands for listen, A stands for ask. Ask questions to help you develop your own opinion. Where and how you ask questions also matters. Go back to that five W's. Location and the source also matters. Make sure you're building relationships with people who are experts or who people who have proven experience so that you can ask the right questions. And building relationships will give you the forum to ask those questions. And so because you have relationships with those people, because those people know your reason for building your, or formulating your opinion or asking those questions, they will more than likely be able to help you. So now we're going to see P is for practice, L is for listen, A is for ask, C is contribute. Contribute your voice to the conversation. Let's go back to what I was saying at the beginning. Your voice is as unique as your fingerprint. So we need to hear what you have to say. We need to know what your questions are. We need your perspective. So you want to contribute your voice to the conversation and not just be a consumer of things. Share what you're learning and who you're listening to. You don't have to be an expert on all the topics, but you don't need a committee or a certification to be a continuous learner. It's even better when the audience that's already following you is interested in the topic so you can learn together. And I'll also pause here because I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up in having discussions. They may not feel qualified to have a conversation, but you can also lend your voice in different ways. You can yield your forum to someone that you've already developed good relationships with that is an authority on that conversation. You may yield your forum to someone to facilitate the conversation for yourself and your audience as you learn. Here, it's important to be authentic so that when you're contributing your voice, people know exactly how to receive it. There's going to be some times you contribute your voice as an expert, and there's going to be other times where you contribute your voice as a learner. Either way, we want to hear your 
perspective. We want to hear what you're learning and we want to hear your takeaways from the things that you're learning. And so here, again, you're contributing your perspective. You're not regurgitating someone else's opinion. When you're having deep, meaningful conversations and when you're impacting, this is where people truly want to, they care. They want to know what you think. And so I just want to make that distinction between contributing your voice and the fact that you could be contributing as a learner or contributing as an expert. And so this brings us to E. We've talked about P, practice, L, listen, A, ask, C, contribute, and E, which is my favorite, evolve your voice. Evolve your voice with new experiences more conversations and deeper relationships. Second to contributing, and maybe they're just one and two or one and one and a half. This is the hardest thing for leaders to do. As you grow and you get information, your position may change. Change is the one thing that's constant in this life, but we don't want to share our voice in case that we're wrong. The truth is you are likely not going to feel the same way in the future as you do now because you'll have more information. That's what growth looks like. So don't be afraid to share what you know now because you think you're going to be wrong. You might be, or you might just have a more evolved perspective as you gain new experiences. But that's why it's important to have a relationship. And that's why it's important to be authentic. And that's why it's important to understand your perspective. Are you coming in as an expert, as somebody who's had firsthand experiences? Or are you coming in as a learner? Because as a learner, you can continue to grow. And so when you change your mind, it's just the fact that you learn something new. The perspective that you had as a teenager is not the perspective that you have now. The perspective you had before you got married is not the perspective you have now. And I know the perspective that you had before you had kids is not the perspective that you have now. You are likely going to change your mind. So allow yourself to evolve your voice. And so again, we're going to go over this again. P is for practice. L is for listen, A is for ask, C is for contribute, and E is for evolve. When it comes to exercising your identity and owning your voice, remember the place method. And as we explore your identity, you'll realize that there are many things that influence it. And we'll talk about that on the next episode of Journey to Fans. Thanks for hanging out with me. Talk soon.